Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Oh, hi, Mark. And we have a special meaning to that yell, to that, that primal scream right there. Mark Grody's walk-up music is now Mark Grody's walk-into-the-studio music. Yeah, how about turning on your microphone, Mr. Radio Guy? Well, have you been? We don't know. Can, can we turn his mic on as long as he's in studio and we don't have him on the phone? This is Saturday Suckage, as you might have guessed. Why <laughs> is it living up Hello? to it today? There it is. We are living can down I, to uh, it. Yeah. Can I also possibly get a... Uh, hold on a second. Check, check, check. I'm going to need a... <laughs> check, check, gin check. tonic? Can can I get, I'm going to need you to come in and work guys, on a Saturday. If, oh, yeah. If one of you guys could uh, be a doll and <laughs> rustle me up uh, some headphones in, for which both of the ears work, that would be Not great. Not in the studio. It's always the connection. It's always the... Are you serious? Yeah, it is. These are, they don't work over here either. Really? You're lucky you got one ear. Well, let's give it you a get try. You the whole Vincent Van Gogh thing. Let's give it a try. All right. In the meantime, while Mark tries to get his head straight, Everybody you should pardon God. the phrase. I want to remind you that uh, today, join Julie DeCaro and Maggie Hendricks for the Miller Lite Top Draft Show from 3 to 5.30 at Emo's Tavern on Center in Grays Lake. Enjoy the broadcast. Enter for a chance to win Bears tickets and watch a live interview with former Chicago Bear Lance Briggs. Brought to you by Miller Lite. Hold true. We're talking some bears today with the headphone challenge, Mark Grody. He's in the studio instead of on the phone, and they're playing the Minnesota Vikings. This would be a step up in competition. They don't get to play one of the most embarrassing organizations in the NFL. They don't get to play one of the worst secondaries in the NFL, one of the worst defenses. They're going to play a good defense with a running game, and they're going to do that without Akeem Hicks, and so... Where does this go for Los Bears? One of the first things that I noticed about the Minnesota Vikings, because I think it is fair to go there, is that we know that their defense is really good. I wanted to see what they do against teams on third down, and teams are 10 for 34 on third down against the Minnesota Vikings, which obviously would not portend well for the Bears, who got better in that regard last week. But that's been a problem area. And so it's obvious what needs to be done. There needs to be real yardage for the Bears on first and second downs, how they get there at this point, how exactly they're going to attack the Minnesota defense. I don't know. I think that it's been very popular this week to say run the ball, attempt to run the ball with David Montgomery, get uh, Mike Davis going, get Tariq Cohen a couple carries. But every time we say that, it doesn't necessarily happen that way. So it's it's a it's a nice idea, but let, let's face it, this is a sturdy defense that is, I mean, great defenses. And, you know, the Vikings are up. I don't know if great is the right word, but they're a very good defense. Those kind of defense, they demolish the run usually. They, that's like great defenses wipe that out right away. 
Mark, I'm wondering if you look at last week's game like I did. I mean, they finally had some offense, although it really wasn't that much. It was basically in the second quarter, and it came off mostly turnovers. But, you know, they didn't play in the preseason. And I know what Nagy said and and everybody else said that, you know, we're still going to be okay if we don't play in the preseason. But you finally saw some cohesion, at least a little bit, that you hadn't seen in the first two games because, you know, it's almost like the first two games was the exhibition season for them, at least offensively. Now you would anticipate or hope that injuries aside, that they've gotten sort of the, the kinks out. Yeah. And and now that the offense should flow a lot better going forward, obviously Taylor Gabriel's not going to play tomorrow, and that'll hurt somewhat. But I think Miller's going to have, you know, fill in you know, more than admirably. So I'm just wondering if you look at it the same way that now going forward that they've had enough time in real games, real games, yeah. that they should start kicking things in. No doubt. And I'm so glad you brought up the preseason again because I think so many people have been scared away from, whether it's from, you know, from Matt Nagy or anybody in the organization, but scared away from the idea that that the preseason mattered and that maybe they look sluggish in those first two games because of that. I think it's 100% they, they look sluggish because they didn't have much preseason. It's still okay to say that for anybody who's been scared away from that opinion how can you not say it when it is look like that now i agree i still think that they did the right thing because because of health reasons that you don't want to get your key guys hurt um early in the season although we're finding some injuries this year um i just think that it had to have meant something so yeah you did get some cohesion specifically in the second quarter last week when there were three touchdown passes all to to taylor gabriel um there are still lots of things that can get better offensively the defense came to life with their five turnovers and you brought up Anthony Miller that's that's a great point because people keep asking me are we going to see Riley Ridley this week you know I, I don't know I don't think we'll see Riley Ridley and the only reason I say that is because it's just such a crucial game I don't know if he's up to speed I don't know what kind of reps he's gotten early on I do know that Obviously, they like him, but he barely had a preseason, which is why he has basically been inactive to start the season. I think there'll be more Javon Wims, perhaps, in terms of targets, and it would be great if they got Anthony Miller going. He made one terrific play, maybe maybe the best play last week, his, his one catch to get the ball. I think it was about a 20-yard um, completion to Anthony Miller to get the ball down to the 8-yard line to set up one of those Taylor Gabriel touchdowns. So we're seeing flashes of Anthony Miller, but there's too many times where the ball is off his fingers or he's not quite in the right place. Well, there's that you know, not having any preseason snaps, if you will. But Anthony Miller, his forte where he really made a name for himself in college was in the red zone. I mean, he scored a lot of touchdowns as a collegiate you know, in that red zone. So, uh, you know, I would only hope And led that, the Bears last year. Yes, yes. seven. And, seven and, touchdowns and, and, last in year. In spite of all the injuries that he had. So, uh, you know, I think his best days are still far, far in front of him. Right. And the other thing that he lived on in terms of what his top skill set was, was route running. And basically the Bears admitted and, and Anthony Miller admitted that he didn't have a complete grasp of the playbook last year. He says that going into this year that he has, 
But just like the in, entire offense that, you know, we're, we're talking about using the word regression and, you know, has that happened to Mitch Trubisky? Has that happened to um, Anthony Miller? It seems like the only one that is doing what he did last year or playing to his to where we know he could play is Allen Robinson at this point, and all the other guys are starting to incrementally get better, and that includes got Taylor Gabriel last week. Like you, you didn't hear his name, you didn't hear eighteen called very much in the previous weeks. Um, so yeah, I feel like they're all slowly but surely trying to get on pace, and the best part about it is that the, the Bear, they've stumbled through the first three games and they're two and one so so that's that's the good news he's mark grody david schuster's also here at saturday suckage grody's in studio with us we're talking bears vikings the vikings tomorrow present a stiffer challenge than washington so it's hard to know what to take seriously with with mitch and the game plan and i i wonder if you get the sense that matt Nagy is fighting a battle of, on one hand, he's got a Super Bowl defense. And it's important to to make sure you get the most out of that. On the other, you have a young quarterback who has been denied reps by the coach's choice in the preseason, is now getting some reps, needs to be brought along because you want to, you believe he's a friend. You traded for him as if he's a franchise quarterback. And yet when you quarterback-proof the game, you had a pretty solid win over Denver. It took some nail-biting, but it was on the road, and he asked the quarterback to make one play. Does this go on with Matt Nagy all year, trying to develop Mitch Trubisky, but, but at what point does he risk losing a season with this kind of defense because of that? Yeah, I do think it's going to go on more than I even thought, and I think it's, it's smart. I mean, it, it's, I, I think it actually started last year, maybe the last five or six games of the season when Matt Nagy, you know, the, the entire organization realized, yeah, we're a playoff team and we're a team that could possibly win the Super Bowl or at least go to the Super Bowl or do damage in the playoffs, pick your poison. And if we're going to get there, it's going to be because of the defense. You know, Matt Nagy would, would much prefer to say it's going to be because of the offense, but he came to grips with the, the idea that... <laughs> he had to be case, a realist at some point. Absolutely. And, and honestly, that had to have been impossibly hard for Matt Nagy to accept. And even and moreover, this year, to, to dial back the offense, which is exactly what they have done, it's had to be murder on Matt Nagy. I mean, he we know how enthusiastic he is about offense we know Mm -hmm. all the trick plays that he ran last year we're not seeing that stuff and that's a coach having to get his own ego in check and just calm everything down and say yep I get it it's because of the defense right now could we see that dial back up the offense absolutely I mean but I, I don't see that over the next few games maybe just like this slow crescendo and maybe you see quarters or individual plays where they go for it. But I think in general, I think they're going to be careful on offense and let the defense do what it does. Got to ask you a question looking into your crystal ball here. Last week, obviously, Eddie Pinheiro, you could tell he was wincing even when he kicked, and and he's questionable already for tomorrow. I'm guessing that he'll play, of course. Yeah. But I got to paint the scenario and, and have you predict something. Let's just say they get down to like it was the end of the Denver game and they need a 50 some odd yard field goal to win the game and they're kicking into the wind. <laughs> Is he going to be up to, to doing that? Uh, are they going to ask Pat O'Donnell to do it or are they just going to go for it in that situation? Man, I don't think that they'll 
ask Pat O'Donnell to do. Obviously, he's in, in kickoffs, as we all right. saw last week. I haven't heard anything about Pat O'Donnell practicing on those field goals. So I think that they'll – here's the thing. I asked Matt Nagy a question in, his, in one of his press conferences. I said, um, you know, I know you want a healthy kicker and you want Eddie Pinheiro out there, but do you kind of welcome the idea of not having a kicker and the idea of possibly going for two? And before I even got the question out, he just said yes. <laughs> and there, there was no follow-up. There was nothing more he just said Yes. Well, he likes going for two anyway. He likes to go for two. He likes to go for it on fourth down. So, again, would it be ideal to have somebody who could kick into the wind and make that 55-yard field goal to win the game? Yes. But does Matt Nagy have 100 ideas cooking Mm. in his brain on what to do if they don't have that guy? Yes. So I think that the answer to your question is, is that they would probably maybe go for it on fourth down or maybe you know maybe we'll even see more two-point conversion attempts this week against minnesota depending on how eddie is you know we he he did practice yesterday for the record i did not see him in in the locker room so we didn't get a chance to talk to him but you all saw him and he said straight up on the sidelines before the game that it hurts i think those were his exact words it hurts and he kicked relatively well in that game despite that mark Rody talking bears with us on saturday suckage so the the absence of akeem hicks and Bilal nichols on a defensive line against a team that seems to want to would rather have Dalvin Cook run the ball to determine the game. They don't want to put it in Kirk Cousins' hand, certainly not in the red zone at the end of a game. They would prefer to keep uh, – they they prefer to probably run at a Bears defense that can kill a quarterback. That's and they usually pref- the idea. Right, yeah. and and that's the one of the things that they do do well, and they can perhaps make – Make it easier to keep Mitch in the pocket, which would be another part of the defensive plan. Every successful team against the Bears wants to make Mitch play quarterback, as Tremont Williams said. And the idea is be in the pocket, don't let him run around. So what do you expect? What is the feeling you've got for the Bears' ability to defend the run and what the Vikings might do? Yeah, what they'll do is yeah they will attempt to get that running game going at all costs. Here's the thing about Dalvin Cook is that we know what kind of speed he has. We know he has the home run hitter capability. He's also been bouncing hard off the tackles this year, which means he's not afraid to go up against the big boys, even if we do see Akeem Hicks out there. So he he's a guy who is using not just his ability to escape and to hit the home run, but he's not afraid to to bounce with the big boys in the middle. So and and that's a guy that is going to punish and potentially wear teams down. I think that they will attempt to do that. Here's the good news. The Bears defense in general against all their talent players whether it was Dalvin Cook or Stefan Diggs or Adam Thielen except for one game. I think there was one game. I think it might have been the, the home game and, and the Bears swept Minnesota last year, the home game that Diggs had over 100 yards. Other than that, they did a really good job on all of their top skill position players. And they had Kirk Cousins basically scared. And and I was reading some of the quotes from Kirk Cousins from last year, like like saying that these, like basically paraphrasing, these dudes are coming at me from all different angles. Like it was almost like he was saying, I can't keep up. And that's Vic Fangio, who in the relative sense of it was a conservative defensive coordinator. Chuck Pagano is not a conservative defensive coordinator. I get, I got a feeling that Chuck Pagano 
this is a big game for him, and I, I think that he he loves this kind of challenge. And I think he again, like what I said at the beginning, great defenses are usually terrific at smothering out the run and getting pumped up, especially at home, making those those you know a couple TFLs tackles for loss for all you kids at home um, early in the game to get the crowd into it to get it pumped up and then force old Kirk Cousins to throw and then get scared and get frazzled. What you were talking about, the, the, what came out earlier in the week was Kirk Cousins telling Minnesota media that last year he would rather get rid of the pat get rid of the ball early and have it be incomplete on third down then wait until he got hit by Khalil Mack <laughs> and maybe and the, he hits his arm and he fumbles the ball and the Bears get it in good position or return it run it in for a touchdown he'd rather fail on third down because everything else in his mind was a worse outcome. So he was very happy to get off the field on third down so that they could punt as opposed to get off on third down with the Bears taking over on a short field. So he's back there, you know, with Gary Kubiak. He's filling his pants back there. Yeah, no, no, he's saying, let's just run the ball. Let's just just hand the ball. (laughs) Calvin, you're our man. You know, here's another thing, too. We keep talking about the the big guys up front stopping the run. It's got to be a big game for Roquan Smith and Danny Trevathan. And then, moreover... The safeties, be ready to tackle, man. I mean, they're going to have to inch up Eddie Jackson. Deion Bush has been talked about because he is maybe out of those three guys that he is Prince or um, out of uh, the two, ah, Clinton Dix and Eddie Jackson. Deion Bush might be actually the most physical in terms Mm -hmm. of tackling. So you may see, may see Deion Bush out there a little bit more, but all those guys got to be ready to, to come on up, be ready to tackle and play their part. Hey, uh, Mark, uh, the Bears got a big favor from the Philadelphia Eagles the other night in beating Green Bay and holding them off at the end of the game. And good for Jordan Howard with his three touchdowns. And by the way, I think the Bears are going to miss some of what Jordan Howard actually could give them because I think, you know, especially as the season wears on, that big running back who can get a couple of yards, you know, going forward, I think they're going to miss that. But whatever. Um, This is a big game, obviously, tomorrow. The the division is already very bunched. I'm just wondering if you think this division is already better than a lot of people thought it was going into the season. I mean, the Lions haven't lost yet. They had the tie. I think they lose tomorrow. Green Bay had the one loss the other day. The Bears win tomorrow. They're at least tied for the top of the division. So, you know, is this division better than you thought? I still don't trust the Lions. There's so many people saying, oh, the Lions are better than we thought they were. Well, the Lions, every single year there we do this Detroit Lions dance, especially before the season starts. Like, hey, what, you, know, you know, the Lions have been bad, but keep an eye on the Lions. I do not trust the Lions <laughs> to be there. So I think they will separate themselves from this division. And Starting not, tomorrow. Honestly, man, there's too many people. Oh, they're better. They're better than we thought they were. I, I don't know about that um so last year minnesota was was really good to start their season too i think they were they were five three and one because they had an early tie last year it looked and until the bears beat them on that primetime game the bears started to separate themselves and then the lions end up or the lions the vikings end up under 500 so i don't know i don't always trust fast starts for teams i also think that it's possible that, you know, can Green Bay continue to get away with low-volume offense? Are they, is Green Bay really going to be a team that's trusting their defense this year? So I'm not sure what I'm seeing in, in Green Bay and Detroit at this point is real. 
Um, I think it still comes down to the Bears in Minnesota. So I, I'll just answer the question, Dave. I don't think this division is as good as everybody is saying. It's good now, and it's fair to say it's the best division right now. I think that's some, that it, it becomes a two-team race, though, eventually. Fair enough. He's Mark Grody. I'm Steve Rosenblum. David Schuster, we're Saturday Suckers. We'll take a break. We'll come back with more of Grody, whether you like it or not. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Core. Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Danny, you guys force five turnovers tonight. Is that what you guys have been talking about defensively, like, all season? Um, we know that uh, we're the best defense in the league. Keep our heads high. know that we can get a little bit better, but we got the dub, baby. Thanks, Danny. Club dub on no popping, baby. <laughs> he just said, club dub about to be popping. That was our guest, Mark Grody, and his guest... Danny Trevathan. Who is Club Danny. We got the dub, baby. Dub. Yeah, we got the dub. Love Danny Trevathan. I like him, too. He's one of my favorites in that locker room. There is no better rah-rah guy than than Danny Trevathan. And he had a hell of a game last week. And that's the best linebacking quarter in football. Don't you agree? I can't disagree with that. I mean, geez. I think it's the strength of the team. How about a Leonard Floyd game this week? That'd be nice. Huh? I see it coming. I don't know. I feel like Khalil Mack might hog up all the sacks, though. You know what? I hope he's not looking ahead towards the following game when he hopes to have like 25 tackles yeah. and three sacks against uh, Oakland out in uh, London. Me thinks Khalil Mack doesn't need a lot of motivation. No, have doesn't. you ever seen a more driven football player, relentless football player? I and, don't know that I have. And he still carries that same attitude in the post game when he's talking to us reporters. <laughs> I don't get too close to him because I feel like he might just want to tackle some hey, of man, us. You know, that's one of guys, the things man. that... When, when you talk about what makes this defense great, and we always want to compare everything to the 85 Bears defense because that was the Bears, my friend. That, the word relentless was something that described that 85 defense. It didn't matter who the quarterback was because he had to go down. He had to go. He had to die. They needed to carry him off. They, I think they were, they were counting up to 13 quarterbacks. That was what they did. But relentlessness on every play... Oh. Even if it was 44 nothing, they weren't going to stop. That, Khalil Mack could have played on that defense because of that heart, that motor, and that ability to just, I don't care what you do to me, I'm going to make a difference on this play, and it might help another teammate, or I might make the play, or both may happen, I'll meet you at the quarterback. Unbelievable. Matt Nagy said to us the other day, in when being asked about him in exasperated fashion, about his practice habits, and he said, "He said this guy finishes every single play in the, in practice. Like he said it like that. Like this guy, like as if he'd never seen anything like that. And it makes sense because some guys are going to go a little bit easy in practice, protect themselves. Khalil Mack does not. You know what he's like? I mean, it's, it's I don't know how good of Jordan. an analogy. I'm just going to say that he's like Michael Jordan. You know, we every now and then got to watch practice, but even if we didn't get to watch practice back in Jordan's day, we heard about it." And he played every play in practice 
like it was personal and he wanted to win everything. That's just the way Michael Jordan was. And and when Khalil, when Mack, Khalil Mack punches Steve Kerr in the face, then we'll know he's arrived. <laughs> as long as it's not me. Uh, the bottom of the hour, and it could be, the bottom of the hour brought to you by Northwestern Football. Join Northwestern Football at Ryan Field this fall when the Wildcats, led by Big Ten Coach of the Year Pat Fitzgerald, host Ohio State, Iowa, Purdue, and Minnesota in Big Ten play. Single game tickets to see Chicago's Big Ten team on sale now at NUSports.com. This segment brought to you by the Gourmet Chili Cook-Off presented by Chicago Gourmet. Don't miss the Big Chili Gourmet Chili Cook-Off. It's Saturday night, September 28th. That's hosted by Sarah Grunberg. Fun. Yeah. Tonight. That is tonight. 12 chefs battle for chili supremacy, and actually the weather is conducive for it, on the Harris Theater rooftop in Millennium Park, right across the street from where we are. Enjoy hot chili, cool drinks, and skyline views with proceeds benefiting benefiting the 100 Club of Chicago. Tickets at chicagogourmet.org. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's David Schuster. Mark Rohde is with us in studio talking Bears, Bears, Vikings tomorrow. You, You were saying... From like the start of this season, Mark, you made the point that what wasn't, especially in the game against Green Bay, the loss to Green Bay, where Matt Nagy just looked like such a rookie coach because he didn't even try to run. And then you saw what happened. Every other team ran against Green Bay and is still running against Green Bay. And everybody runs for over 100 yards. And Matt Nagy didn't even want to try, which was a major error on the a coach who has regressed. But you made the point about Mitch Trubisky, that every game he seemed to make a play with his legs, and now there's a almost a, a concerted effort not to run. Get to the line of scrimmage, look up, where can I get rid of the ball? And some that's an art, learning how to scramble in and around a pocket and find a receiver, not learning how to scramble and gain yards. But where does that stand? You noted it early, and I ha- we haven't seen much of that, and yet there's there might be a need for it to extend drives. Yeah, he he was look he was so good at running the football, and I feel like people hate quarterbacks that run like you have to stay in the pocket to be a credible quarterback this year. I feel like he was he was run shamed by <laughs> by everybody, and he had man. That's what I was saying. Like the point that I was making was that there were. So many times last year where he would I don't know if, I don't know if win the game is is too strong of a word but made the key play on offense that would enable the Bears to get the points they needed to to go on for the victory whether it was a long 25-yard run we haven't seen that as much I think that there has been a concerted effort on his part to look for his playmakers to get the get the ball down the field but there are times when I still like he's so good at running the football he's so fast he can be so elusive that that has to continue to be used as a weapon especially if they're in a phase where they are still trying to get themselves together offensively there's been a couple times now where he is like the touchdown to Taylor Gabriel was fantastic where he where he eludes the pressure gets out of the pocket and makes makes that play there was the play against Denver where he gets out of the pocket I thought he was going to run the ball instead he flings it down the field to Cohen just a little bit short it was a good defensive play it gets tapped away so those are examples of plays where instead of running he attempts to throw the football but I think that this especially this week man don't I say don't worry about that worry about ways to win the game I don't care how ugly it is I don't care how it looks I don't care what the perception is of quarterbacks that run. If you see a 15-yard lane in front of you, go for it. But this was the team that hurt him last year. 
That's true. It was Harrison Smith, wasn't yes, it? Yes. Yeah. This was on a scramble. And it wasn't a bad slide, though? Well, I'm not saying it was legal. I'm saying it was no, clean no, no, or whatever. No, no, I'm saying like he, his I, slide was I'm not was saying not it was smart or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I'm just saying that's that was the result of one of the plays, which is why you don't want your quarterback doing well, that. Yeah. But he needs to do that. Absolutely. I mean, you can't like, – like, you don't want him running the ball – 15 times a game, obviously, because you don't want your starting quarterback to mm. to get hurt and all that kind of stuff. I get it. I'm just saying that in situations where if it's third and seven and you're playing the Vikings and you're trying to get to three and one, and, and really this is, as David said earlier, it's just such a huge game. It, like it's a, it's a must win. Like you got to take that chance because Trubisky is good at it. Like top five in the league, I think, at running the football and using his speed and that elusiveness, which we just haven't seen much of this. And year. Mark, you used the word playmaker talking about Trubisky. I want to talk about the defense and the word playmaker because I think the secondary is just loaded. Matter of fact, the whole defense is loaded with playmakers. And, on the and, Wake and Bake show, there's a lot of loading going on. <laughs> okay. And it's almost legal. Yeah. <laughs> Do you guys have a countdown, by the way? Yeah. <laughs> and, and does it ruin your show, actually? No, let's see. Countdown is we got 85 minutes left in the show. Um, <laughs> no, we're going extra. It's, it's going to rain. There's going to be a rain delay in this no show, doubt. David. No doubt. <laughs> anyway, last week they had the five turnovers. And when this defense is really cooking, there's another term we can use for the show also. Um, that's, when you know, <laughs> that's when you know the defense is really, in my estimation, playing well. Last week it was haha Clinton Dix with the two turnovers. I mean interceptions. You know mm-hmm. this week it could be Eddie Jackson, and Eddie Jackson is just going to have a career full of big interceptions and fumble recoveries. But I'm just wondering, besides the two interceptions last week by Clinton Dix, how has he graded out in the first three games overall? He's been really good, and it's so helpful that he has Eddie Jackson back there because Eddie Jackson has the majority of the responsibilities in terms of what's going on. Those two work obviously work well together going back to their Alabama days but you know you had to you had to measure it and see if it actually if on at this level they were going to continue to progress it's such an important year for haha clinton dix personally too i mean he chose to come to the bears i mean he did have other offers and other things that he could have stayed with washington last year for that matter he wanted to be here and it was a smart move on his part and he is has all the motivation he needs in terms of you know green bay basically letting him go last year i get it it was a trade but it wasn't for anything big and then he's a free agent after this year so to answer your question yes those two in particular have played well together eddie jackson is still the better of the two there's despite the two picks last week but uh he's he's been very good so far mark Rody joins us in studio me and schuster saturday suckage we're talking bears football and it seems to be a you you losing two two games in the division the first losing your first two division games and losing them at home i don't see there's any way you the league would have to fall apart for the bears to make the playoffs if they lose sunday this seems as much of a must win i know there's more games left but you've lost you will have lost a second division game to at home, and then you're going to have to go on the road and win all these games, and that seems impossible for this team to overcome because I'm still not sure that the coach has a grip on what his team is and how to how it's going to work other than Mitch-proofing a game plan sometimes. This seems like a must-win for me. 100%. No, I, I was talking to... Aaron Lynch in the locker room the other day. And hey, Aaron Lynch. Yeah, that's right. Double A. The double A. And unprompted, he said this is said it twice. I mean, he cut off one of my questions and said, This is a must win. It's a must win. 
It's, it's absolutely. <laughs> They're talking like that. They're too. talking like it too. Like he's the only one that I actually heard use the words on on record. But they they know they get it. It's absolutely. I mean, especially as David brought up earlier, the fact that Green Bay lost. I mean, this this opens the door. It would be a double must win had Green Bay won the game. It's just a it must would be a win. double doink. A do- ooh, then, ooh, don't right? Go, don't go double. Do- if they lose, it's a double doink. Yeah, that's what we'll call it. But yeah, absolutely. I mean. Like like we were saying earlier, you know, Minnesota got off to a good start last year, and the Bears kind of quelled them a bit. So you win this game, and despite what has felt like a volatile, sort of bumpy, uneven, unexpected start to the Bears season mm-hmm. in terms of what the nitpicking that we all can do, then then everything is great. You're three and one, and you're you're taking you're going to London next, and you're taking on an Oakland team that is obviously beatable. And then you have the buy, and then you know, th- then you sort of re-energize and get ready to get into the harder part of your schedule, and it gets very difficult. And you don't want to be in this middling, volatile section once you get to those games. You know, they had uh, we had, I should say, the score did the score house uh, back in uh, Mesa for spring training. Tell me more. Go on. Okay, well, Go I wasn't on. there, yeah. so I couldn't, talk, I couldn't tell you yeah. too much. Yeah. But I'm just wondering, you're going to London. Yeah. Is there going to be something asimilar, like a score? Whatever. Are you going to go to score house? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, what are you going to do in London? You go well, to Ten Downey Flat or whatever it's called. I'm going to take Brexit courses just to there you learn go. about what is actually going. Actually, Steve is going to absolutely love what I'm about to say about my London trip. So, I'll be I'll be uh, taking off for jolly old London next Wednesday. It'll be all business through the game. Then I'm going to stay there. For the bye week, I'm going to be there all week with, get ready for this, I will be taking a vacation with Gene and Gary, better known as Mr. and Mrs. Grody, better known as my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, they I, will be, so my parents, check this out, Steve, they were going to be taking a trip to London this year anyway, and then my mom, my mom. <laughs> she timed it out. No, no, she goes, oh, she goes, Mark will be there. <laughs> she, she, I can send she goes, well, Mark, Gary, and I were talking, and we figure since you're going to be there, we're going to try to plan our trip at the same time. And Aunt Rhonda is coming too. Aunt Rhonda. Aunt Rhonda will be coming. So I get to spend five days in Europe, in London, with Jean and Gary and Aunt Rhonda. And I can't, and Jean, every day she's calling out, are there some things that you'd like to do? Like, I, I, you know, we know what we want to do, but are there things that you would like to do? I oh, I'd love to see them do some of the things that you like to do. <laughs> yeah. David, I don't do those things yeah. anymore. Oh, come on. Yeah. How's Aunt Rhonda at breakdancing? Yeah. <laughs> Jean, yes. you know, I thought Jean was just going to dress you. That's where I thought this was going. Jean was going to outfit you today, so you'd be, or sometime in the Tuesday when the day off. That Jean was going to outfit you on Tuesday, and then you were going to be ready to fly. No, over but there. She, but she has been big with that. Now you need to take a picture of your passport and get a photocopy of it, just in case you lose it. It'll right. be a lot easier out there. And you got to get your phone plan changed. You got to get the international uh, phone plan. Um, so yeah, my mom does talk to me like I'm 19 still. So just just for people who are not familiar with the right. Situation. So maybe when you turn 21, she'll let you go to London on your own. <laughs> It'll be great. No, but I am seriously, I'm looking forward to going to london and spending some time with the parents and aunt Rhonda. so that's that's and, and i will report back and they're coming that. on the team plane absolutely yep yeah. they will all be on bear force one with me yep. so you're not doing anything right can we talk about you managing the cubs absolutely all right. well because yeah. mark we'll talk to him about that good after this we need to take a break on saturday suckage we will take you up till two o'clock 
Then we'll have Beers All Access. Reminding you that at uh, 3 o'clock, join Julie DeCaro and Maggie Hendricks for the Miller Lite Top Draft Show. That's today from 3 to 540 at Amos Tavern on Center in Grays Lake. Enjoy the broadcast. Enter for a chance to win Bears tickets. Bears. And watch a live interview with former Chicago Bear Lance Briggs. Brought to you by Miller Lite. Hold true. Saturday Suckage, Rosenblum Schuster, Grody in Studio. He, this used to be his show, but it's not his show, but he's on this show for the next segment. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. I I cannot be um, more eager for the day than I am right now. Uh, Like I said, this year has been... I know we're, I mean, our record's not good and we're not in the playoffs, but I really have had a blast. Uh, the guys that have been around, um, it's hard to feign that. I really enjoyed this year and I've enjoyed uh, my, my guys every day. And, and I'll tell you another thing, the young coaching staff. This coaching staff here has got so much potential. And I've had a really good time working with them also. Great time, actually. Uh, both on and off the field. Here you go. That's Joe Madden talking about what a great time he's having with a worse choke this year than last season. Last season, choked away a five-game lead, five-and-a-half-game lead in September. They are up by three-and-a-half. Couldn't even get a wild card this year with a uh, nine-game losing streak. Massive choke, and it's just a whole lot of fun for Joe Madden. So he'll be done with his contract tomorrow. And the official announcement that we've agreed to disagree on bringing him back will be made at some point next week. And the Cubs will be looking for a manager, and we'd like to throw Mark Rohde's hat into the ring. If the Cubs are looking for a puppet, Mark would do, Mark would do it for not $6 million. You're not going to get Joe Madden $6 million, right? I'll take the five hundred grand a year. And just do everything Theo wants in whatever order Theo wants it. Absolutely. Whatever you need, sir. Three years at 500. I won't even ask for a raise, like after the first year. Like inflation, none of that. I'll take the 500,000 even. Flat. Flat, flat flat fee. I'll take it all up front, too. Would you you emulate the, would would be the previous manager and bring in zoo animals at some point just for effect? No, because that would just be. Copy and Joe, right, and that, right. that so would not what be. Would, that, what would you do to have uh, fun and for some like larks? Well, if I was a if I was a puppeteer for, no, I wouldn't be the puppeteer. I'd be the puppet, right? I couldn't do any of that, right? If it's going to be no, you would be told what to do, right? Mark Loretta or David Ross or Derosa could be my. He, he, he'd be a good manager, Derosa. Um, it could be him. Could be um, maybe they will bring it back. I always thought DeRosa had too much of a his own mind. Yeah, he does kind of, doesn't he? Yeah, that's the way he sounded. He's very when, smart too. When he was there as a player. One of the best stories I remember is the way he learns lessons. He used to be a guy who would calculate his batting average after every at bat. He was doing this in the minors. He would do it on bus trips, calculate that, or his slugging percentage, or his on base percentage. And saw a teammate came up to him and took a bat to his calculator. <laughs> he said he learned from that. Yeah, he almost got hit. But I, he always struck me as a guy who was 
too strong-headed for, I don't think general managers now want people who think for themselves. Look at the big brains on DeRosa. Yeah. yeah. Well, let me ask you a question. Does David Ross really want to be the manager? He's got, well, there's he's no got, guarantee, he, I no. Know what, what I'm saying is he's got a really good life right now. He's on you know, national broadcast. I'm sure he's getting paid a pretty penny there. Mm-hmm. He also is employed by the Cubs as, I don't know what, a special advisor. Or I think he's the vice him. president in charge of being hood ornaments. Okay, fair enough. So, I mean, he's got plenty of time with his family. Check it out. I think he does because I've thought this about lots of guys in lots of sports. Like John Gruden, he's a good example. Like his life was great. He was becoming an absolute star as a broadcaster. There he is. Life is great. Everybody loves John Gruden. He's a guest everywhere. He's doing his funny little shows on ESPN. And then as soon as the Raiders job, yeah, I'll take that. I'll step out of the booth in my my beautiful life for for something like that. It seems like there's always examples of guys. The only guy that I've noticed that has never – been tempted to step out of his superstar seat um, would be Bill Cower because every year yes. it was like Bill Cower, Bill Cower, Bill Cower. He's got to be like it seems like yeah he you know everybody thought he was going to come out. He's the only guy that didn't didn't step out of his comfortable seat. It, these guys, I guess they just have that that competition blood in them that flows and the need to be out there. So to answer the question, I do, despite how good it does appear for David Ross and his life, and it does like to all of us, it does look great. Like he's just living the backup catcher lifestyle. Um, I think a hundred percent, if he was offered that job, he would take that job. I'm not convinced a hundred percent because the commitment, it means going back to being leading a player's life and going from, Sheriff of that locker room, I mean, you were around him. You saw he was that sheriff. Yeah. He was that guy, yes. even in that role, to being a guy who is being told what to do, that it would be pretty obvious that he was management's extension. I'm not sure he would make that jump when he when he enjoys the life that you described for him. Well, I think that it would have to come under some terms for Ross. Like, Ross would have to be like, they would have to let him – comport himself the way he did when he was a player and for people who don't know like David Ross like we always talk about guy like 90% of the time when you ask a guy like if you hey are you a leader of this clubhouse and they will say 90% of the time they'll say I lead by example which is just a boring answer like it's fine and it's true that a lot of guys lead by example David Ross did not lead by example David Ross like was he was like one of the he was very, a sergeant at arms he was vocal like I give you an yeah. example like I, I remember we were on the on one of the charter flights one time. This is this is I want to say it was the World Series in in 2016, and uh, there's tons of extra people on the flights, and you know like from you know Cubs employees, family, and I think it was like Rizzo didn't have his seat for some reason. So Ross stands up and he's like, anybody on this plane who's not regular on this plane needs to stand up. And, you know, make way for Rizzo to have a seat. And I remember, like, I even told Ross, I said, hey, if Rizzo wants to sit here, he can. And Ross goes, no, you're always on this plane. You sit down. <laughs> I'm like, okay. So, like, you saw his his leadership always, whether it was something like that or in the clubhouse, being vocal, being real. So I think that if he gets hired, that that's what they would hire him for, to take control of the clubhouse and to be that guy and to some degree be his own man. I think that like with lineups and pitching, 
I got to feel like somebody like David Ross would obviously have his own knowledge of it, having been a catcher, but I think he would want to listen. Like, I think he would be like, if, if I was going into a job like that and I'd never done it before, I'd be like, yeah, so how should I do this? Like, how, who should hit third? Who should hit fourth? Do you want me to do different lineups every day? I think that Ross would be compliant in that regard, at least in his first couple of years. He I, would be. I don't, I don't know why he'd want the job, but apparently the job is his if he wants it. That's the inside word that, uh, it, and it may be fate complete. We'll Wasn't he the guy out. who went and caught Craig Kimbrell and came back with a glowing report? I don't know if he caught him, but he certainly I scouted he, him or, and recommended him. Into it. Yeah, yeah, that's minus one on his report card right <laughs> oh. there. He's got a lot to make Mark, up thank for. you for spending the whole hour with us. Yeah. We have to take a break. Top of the hour, we have Casey Johnson, who changed from my Tribune. Well, Mark can talk about that, too. Somebody else's. I sure. got you. Stick around. You can interview Casey Johnson over at NDC Sports Chicago now that it's official, and he's talked about that. And Patrick Finley of the Chicago Sun-Times. Wow, more bears. More bears. Tell Patrick I said hello, and I do have to say this, guys. As we always say in the radio business, it's a cliche thing, but I love cliches. This hour just flew. I I got to tell you, I felt like I was here for five minutes and an hour is up. This flew, guys. Thank you. Goodbye. Have a good day. I'm going to go down to BBM and see what's going on down there. Who's doing sports right now? Is it George Hoffman? Kerner, the governor. Oh, hi, it's Dave. Where wow. are you, Dave? Hey, I'm Dave. in Oakland. Hi, it's Dave. I don't have time. <laughs> I'm three to- reports. Shy getting out of here. Goodbye. <laughs> Saturday so suckage, true. as it yeah. always was and is. Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.